Eight minutes past the 10 o'clock hour, you're tuned in to Radio 14 KMHL, and it is now time for our SMSU campus update. And our guest today is Dr. Aaron Klein, Associate Director of the Mustang Pathway Program and Associate Director of Diversity and Inclusion at SMSU. And joining us, as always, well, not always, but most of the time, Mr. Bill Molso. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. How are we doing today? Wonderful. Did Doing you like good. that? Did you guys like that forecast? Cold and <laughs> rainy and snowy. Isn't that going to be fun? We need to start making ice. It's almost ice fishing season. That's exactly what my dad said yesterday. I was sitting on the phone with him for probably too long, like a 45 minute conversation. He was sitting in the deer stand, not finding any deer, yep. but <laughs> like, yeah, well, that cold weather, it makes ice. Deer so, season's winding down. It's time to start thinking about ice fishing. And he's a better ice fisherman than a, a deer hunter. <laughs> that's for sure. There you go. Um, Dr. Aaron Klein, thank you for joining us here this morning. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Excited yeah, no, to be here. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, we are going to learn a little bit about you. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself kind of, sure. and what brought you to Southwest Minnesota State University? Sure. Well, um, I am an alum of SMSU. I graduated from SMSU with my bachelor's degree in sociology in 2002 um, and uh, took a hiatus from the uh, Marshall, Minnesota area for, goodness, about 10 or 15 years, I think. Um, earned my doctorate and came back to teach in uh, as a, in a fixed term position, and then um, around 2016 moved into uh, working with diversity, equity, and inclusion on campus. So I love SMSU. I've been uh, grew up in the area as well, so it's home to me. So what kind of first drew you to Southwest Minnesota State University? Um, I love the fact that I had the opportunity to truly get to know my professors um, and create a relationship with them that I still have today. Many of the professors that helped me along the way in my undergrad have also contributed to my professional development. And that has been, that's a, a, a wonderful quality characteristic that we find very unique within SMSU. No doubt. And uh, you have two titles here. It says Associate Director of the Mustang Pathway Program and Associate Director of Diversity and Inclusion at SMSU. So you wear a couple of hats for SMSU. Can you expand on your role and the mission of the Office of Diversity and Inclusion at of SMSU? Course. Yes. So in terms of my work in the Office of Diversity and Inclusion, um, our emphasis is collaborating with student clubs and organizations to bring uh, diverse speakers and experiences to campus that are reflective of our student body. Um, a lot of times those ideas are initiated with work with students, um, and it's an important part of kind of helping a sense of belonging and, and cultivating um, just different cultural events and, uh, and presentations that help to deepen the educational experience on, uh, at, in SMSU. Um, in addition, our office facilitates a lot of diversity panels and presentations um, and training specific to first-year students as they participate in what are called their LEP courses, which is a graduation requirement. So we do have a lot of direct hands-on contact with all of our first-year students, um, invited into different classrooms to present and um, do training exercises with our students. Um, in addition, we, we provide uh, professional development opportunities across campus. So in the fall for professional development for faculty, staff, um, we uh, conducted what's called Barnga. It's a, a cultural perceptions game that we all play together. Um, and it allows for an opportunity to discuss perceptions and how we gain those perceptions and, um, and work through them when we experience differing perceptions. Barnga, is that an acronym? No, it's okay. not. It's actually a country in Africa where okay. the game originated from. Okay. So it's a good question. Bill Mosel, you, you were, you were about teed up. I, I whenever was. there's an acronym, we have to there explain it. There was an it. acronym and she, she said an yeah. LEP. That was yeah. it. Oh, we what's have the this LEP? Thing about there we go. Acronyms. So okay. Uh, we okay. try and 
So what's Lim- an not LEP? Eliminate them, but explain. But them, explain so. them, of course. So LEP, liberal education program. So there it's a graduation go. requirement associated with the liberal arts. There we go. Yeah, we got one. Yeah, <laughs> we usually get at least one every week. It seems like. <laughs> Um, so we are here to talk about a special guest as well coming to visit next week. Can you tell us a little bit about Mr. Fred Amram? Oh, yes. I'm very excited about uh, him joining our campus. This is going to be a kind of a once-in-a-lifetime experience, I think, for, for the vast majority of us, um, especially as we, we see that you know Fred's going to, into his 90s and most of the survivors of the Holocaust are. Um, so uh, uh, Mr. Amram is a professor emeritus from the U of M. He was a professor for communication studies, and he retired around 2001. And in his retirement, he's written several books. One of them that is going to be available for sale um, is We're in America Now, A Survivor's Stories. And that was published in 2016. Um, I'm reading that book at present, and it's it's an incredibly eye-opening and enjoyable um, uh, book to read as it really puts into perspective the personal lived experience of what he was witnessing in Germany in 1933 and up until 1938. Um, Most recently, he released a coffee table book featuring mixed media and textile art by his wife, Sandra Brick. Um, Her work is going to be, or is on display in the William Whipple Gallery. And so following his presentation, we'll have a reception there. Individuals will be able to view his art, um, ask him questions, both Sandra and he, about about the art itself. Um, In addition, um, Mr. Amram has, is, Uh, a board member for the St. Paul-based World Without Genocide, where he has partnered with other survivors of genocide, including survivors of the Rwandan genocide. And he speaks of these survivors as his his brothers and sisters that share a common bond. So his his work um, solely focuses on sharing his experience and um, working with others to uh, eradicate genocide globally. And you don't have to um, be a mathematician to figure out. You mentioned he's nearing 90 years old, World War II, about 80 years ago. That means he was a child. Yes. Just just tragic. And interesting. Yeah. It'll be interesting to hear his stories on how, yeah. you know, you think about that it's through a child's eyes as he experienced that and how it shaped his life experiences now yes. for decades. Yeah. Tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about how you got to bring um, Mr. Amran here to Marshall. Um, so... I would say about a year ago, I met with, um, I was at Cultures on the Prairie, another event that we help co-sponsor at the university um, through the Office of Diversity and Inclusion and Access Opportunity Success. Um, And Dr. Anita Gall approached me and said that she had met Mr. Amran at a, um, some sort of event that she was participating in as, as a scholar of history. And had asked me if I would be interested in bringing him to campus. And I said, yes, sign me up. I, I don't, I don't know that we'll ever have another opportunity like this again, um, to have an individual who like you, as you both mentioned, uh, witnessed this as a child and saw, um, saw things that, you know, children should never have to witness. And then how that has been the trajectory of his life, his career, his work and his philanthropic work. And uh, what is the significance of his visit and his message? I mean, obviously, it's a pretty big significance. Yeah. yeah. No, there's there's no um, uh, underestimating the significance of his visit um, and his message. I think the timing of it all is also important to recognize. So on November 9th and 10th in 1938, um, Nazis throughout Germany raided 
burned, uh, destroyed Jewish synagogues, homes, businesses, and schools. Um, and this, this night is referred to as Kristallnacht. And I know I'm not pronouncing it correctly, but it's, or, or it's known as Crystal Night or the Night of Broken Glass. Um, and this is also referred to as the time period within which um, uh, escalations and entering into World War II, especially in Europe, uh, uh, began. Um, and so the fact that we will have him here on campus to speak about this experience um, as, as a night in his childhood, in his child memory, um, is going to be pretty, pretty pronounced, given that it's only several days after, uh, in terms of you know, the, uh, him being here on the 14th, is what I'm trying to say. So the message in terms of the thread throughout his writing um, and the message of most uh, within his community is never again. Never again shall we, have, shall, shall we as a global community see this type of genocide and terror and eradication of a, of a population of people. Um, and the, the importance around lifelong learning and understanding our collective history and how even though it is 80 years ago, um, it is still plays a significant role today in people's lives. No doubt. And you do see some of this stuff kind of creeping back up again in the news. And yeah, so that, yeah, this is a, a very timely uh, presentation coming up. And uh, also, in addition to his presentation at SMSU, there is an exhibit in the William Whipple Gallery that talks more about Mr. Amram's story. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, as mentioned earlier, his wife's name is Sandra Brick, and she is a textile and multimedia artist who um, collaborated with a couple of other artists to put together uh, a beautiful exhibit. Basically, the stories that he shares um, in his memoir are reflected in visual art. So it's a. There are 24 pieces. They're 3D multimedia piece uh, works of art um, that are accompanied by, with a short literary story uh, associated with that particular piece. Um, the art has been available uh, for the public to view since October 24th, and will remain on campus until November 28th. So uh, I did see a little picture of that. So. Kind of an interesting look at uh, a very tragic time in history, but uh, just looking at this one picture that I saw here, uh, it's titled Three in a Bed. Right. And you can see those are what I can assume three Holocaust uh, prisoners tucked together in essentially a bed and a half worth of space. Sure. Yeah. No, and, and many of the art also uh, depicts his experience as an immigrant into the United States and what that transition was like. Because imagine he was also coming from Holocaust, um, you know, Nazi Germany and the terror associated in that time also into um, a segregated America, right? We were still in the midst of Jim Crow segregation. That was very evident. And that um, also has had an impact on, you know, the work that he continued to do once he, once he arrived into the United States as well. And why is it so important for people to hear Mr. Amram's story? Um, I think it's pr fairly straightforward. If we understand how history operates and the roles that it plays within our day-to-day, -day, we can recognize the fact that it, it is often your everyday citizens that are making change, that are identifying problems within their communities, and finding ways to work together to facilitate um, justice. Um, and I think it... it if we, we can choose to play a part in preventing the, the spread of hate and fear um, uh, from influencing our choices um, and our willingness to see the humanity 
in in all people. And uh, as we uh, see, he will also be at Marshall High School, not only at SMSU, and it looks like he'll be making a stop at Minnesota West in Worthington. Uh, what kind of things will be, he be discussing uh, at Marshall High School? So I know he will be meeting with all four grades um, at uh, I think ninth and 10th together and 11th and 12th grade together. I know the social studies teachers there have collaborated with Dr. Gall and uh, Mr. Amram to discuss a lot of the same things that he'll be sharing in terms of his story with what he witnessed when he was in Germany to the transition um, as a young child, uh, an immigrant to the United States. And we are still a bit of time away from this. So parents that uh, have students, whether in college or in high school, uh, this is a good chance to maybe talk about some things you might want to ask him, right? Yeah, no, and and the, I was able to very easily find his book, um, which is titled "We're in America Now: A Survivor's Stories." Um, that is is a very approachable work. You can read kind of different chapters; they don't always have to go in sequence. Um, but their reflections on his experience, including pictures and kind of maps of of where he was located. Um, so that would be a wonderful way to begin to like connect with what um, Mr. Amram is talking about during the presentation. For a broader um, per perspective, probably more with your high school and college age students, would be to take a look at the the U.S. and the Holocaust by Ken Burns, Lynn Novak, and Sarah Botstein. Um, that's available on PBS.org uh, for for viewing their three. Three episodes, I believe, around two hours a piece, which is uh, incredibly enlightening. And the other piece I would say would be to have conversations with your little ones around what it might, imagining what it might be like to have to be forced to leave your home and your community and your church and what you know um, and learn to speak another language and um, imagining what it would be like to, to, to have that experience and walk in someone else's shoes. Yeah, I think we really need to stress this is a very rare opportunity because, yes. as you mentioned, these Holocaust survivors, there's not many left, unfortunately. Right. So, yeah, this is the last of that generation there, mm -hmm. like you said. And, you know, the, I don't think the Holocaust also is something that the youngest of our, our kids talk a lot about. You know, they've had other major world experiences that, you know, have impacted their lives. And sure. so this is a... This is a, a quite a span that we're covering, mm -hmm. so it's a great opportunity then for him to have that history come to life when you've got an actual. Oh, survivor I agree. That's I agree completely. Going to be here to share that message with us. The real wake up call for me was realizing that we have college age kids now that we're not alive during nine eleven. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that's just so they kind of yeah they kind of grew up with other stuff, whereas I mean I grew up we learned a lot about. World War II, the Holocaust. I mean, we went to museums, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, it's a good fresh reminder coming up here, as you mentioned, on November 14th at SMSU, November 15th at Marshall, and also Wednesday, November 16th at Minnesota West in Worthington. Now, how many departments and organizations are involved in bringing Mr. Amram to Marshall? Well, um, bringing Mr. Amram to Marshall includes the work of uh, uh, Dr. Anita Gall, um, she's a professor at Minnesota West Community and Technical College, but also a local resident. Um, professor Ann Wedley, who helped put together the um, art exhibition in the William Whipple Gallery. 
the SMSU History Club, Access Opportunity Success, the Social Justice Club, the Newman Club, Communication Studies Program, the Office of Diversity and Inclusion, Minnesota West Community and Technical College, and the Marshall Senior High School. Um, and thank you also to SMSU's marketing department. Marcy Olson has done an amazing job of putting together all of the marketing for this event. Um, Mr. Amram will actually be meeting with PBS to um, have a television interview with him in the William Whipple Gallery um, when he's here on the 14th. Um, and again, the event on Monday, the, Monday night, the 14th, is in the Fine Arts Theater. It starts at 6.30 p.m., um, and all, it's free and open to the public. I would, in, I would encourage if you have very young children um, to maybe uh, this wouldn't be the ideal opportunity, but bringing them to the William Whipple Gallery at another time to view the artwork and talk to, to this, the young people around the art and what they're seeing there um, is, a, is a great way to do that. Um, following his presentation in the Fine Arts Theater, we will have a reception um, with coffee and tea and, and treats, an opportunity in the William Whipple Gallery. So and then also an opportunity to to meet Mr. Amram and Sandra Brick, his wife, um, potentially uh, arranging to have a book signing. So he will have his both books available for sale um, at the at his presentation, and then again at the at the William Whipple Gallery. So we couldn't be more excited to have him on campus. Um, he is a phenomenal speaker, and his the story that he has to share. I think is one that we will, we won't forget. Very good. And uh, once again, that time is 6.30 p.m. November 14th at the SMSU Fine Arts Theater with that uh, reception at the William Whipple Gallery. Dr. Aaron Klein, Associate Director of the Mustang Pathway Program and Associate Director of Diversity and Inclusion at SMSU. Appreciate the conversation here this morning. Bill Molso, you are the VP for Government Communications and Marketing, which means you are going to give us a little weekly update. We've got a few more events coming up this week. So oh, yeah. Fill you in a little bit. Thursday, uh, November 10th, the SMS Chorale, directed by Dr. Stephen Kingsbury, will be giving a concert titled Rebirth and Renewal. That'll be 7.30 at First Lutheran Church, so be sure to check that out. Uh, November 11th, of course, is Veterans Day, and so we will not have classes at SMSU. However, our volleyball team will kick off the... Uh, NSIC Conference Tournament with their first round action. That'll be at Concordia St. Paul, and they'll be taking on St. Cloud State at 5 p.m. at Concordia. And the Mustangs earned the number four seed in that tournament. Uh, and then coming up on Saturday, admissions is hosting another visit day, so we would invite all kinds of prospective students and their families to come check out SMSU. Also on Saturday, uh, the 12th, uh, we have our final home football game. The Mustangs will be taking on Augustana at 1 o'clock. It is Military Appreciation Day, and so we invite all military, active, retired, or reserved to come and uh, attend that game for free. It's also faculty and staff appreciation, so we'll be welcoming and recognizing all faculty and staff at that event. And then Sunday, uh, our SMSU music students will present their Fall Festival of Song, 2 o'clock, at First Lutheran as well. So uh, lots of things coming up this weekend. And then, of course, the big event on Monday, 6.30 in the Fine Arts Theater, Mr. Fred Amram. Very good. Mr. Molso and Dr. Klein. That sounds like a 70s like rock group or something. <laughs> Appreciate you guys. Uh, great conversation this morning, and uh, thanks for stopping in. Thanks, thanks you Josh. so much. Once again, that was Mr. Bill Molso, VP for Government Communications and Marketing. 
uh, being joined this morning by Dr. Aaron Klein, Associate Director of the Mustang Pathway Program and Associate Director of Diversity and Inclusion at SMSU.